Brethren, we have met to worship, and that we've done this morning. Thank you so much, praise team, for your leadership and uh, leading us in this time of worship and praise. You look good. I'm glad that you're here. and look forward to our study today of the, uh, of the Word of God. We want to continue our study of shadows of Christ in the Old Testament, as you have been following along very well and and listening, and I've heard a lot of your comments, and I appreciate the things that you have said in affirmation of this study, and we want to continue that. As we look at the books, just sort of scan through and mention a couple of things about the books of First and Second Samuel today. As we can study, continue that study of the shadows of Jesus throughout the Old Testament, we come to the books of First and second Samuel. Samuel was actually, you remember, the final judge to provide leadership to Israel, but also he becomes the first prophet for the nation of Israel. According to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, if you want to look at that, it says, so Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Samuel was so vital to the life and future of the nation Israel that as a matter of fact, to this day, there remains a tall tower on a hill just outside north side of the city of Jerusalem marking the gravesite of judge and prophet Samuel. You'll remember that his birth was a miracle. His mother Hannah wept before the Lord and, and, and was so concerned that she had never had a child and, and prayed and prayed for one that she was even accused of being drunken with wine, when the truth of the matter is she was just really caught up in her prayer life and talking to the Lord. And you remember, God blessed her with the birth of Samuel, the birth of Israel's first and greatest prophet. That is, of course, until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is declared to be the greatest Prophet. It is stated as we read in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verses 19 and 20 that Samuel stood out as the undisputed and established prophet of the Lord. Prophet is, uh, a prophet is one who speaks for men, or excuse me, to men for God. A prophet speaks to men for God. That in comparison or contrast, I should say, to the work in the ministry of the priests that they had known until now, who spoke to, me, to God on behalf of men. But here comes the prophet and things change. And there was a word from God to men delivered by the prophet Samuel. This is a transitional period from the nation being led by 
First of all, Moses and then Joshua became their leader as they conquered the land of Canaan. And then as Joshua passed away, judges had led through this time. And now they're going to be led by a king. These two books, 1 and 2 Samuel, cover the time of the final judge Samuel giving leadership to his anointing King Saul to be the king. And later, as he was disgraced because of his own evil life and acts, Samuel in turn, upon directions from God, anointed David to be Israel's second king. Now, David was just a lad when that took place. But it was years later, after many conflicts and battles, and even uh, Saul taking his own life in battle, and disgraced as he was, it was after all of that that David finally came to the throne. And you'll remember that all of Saul's family was killed in the battle by the Philistines, save one, whose name was Mephibosheth. And we'll talk about Mephibosheth a little later. David becomes king. Now, this things, all of these things we find in, about the prophet Samuel that point to the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. This is a beautiful picture of Jesus as portrayed in the life and the person of Samuel and uh, that is found throughout the, in, anywhere in the Old Testament. I remind you that Jesus likewise fulfilled the requirements and attributes of being both prophet and priest. Moses wrote of Jesus in Deuteronomy, go back to the time of Moses, when he wrote in Deuteronomy 18, 18, these words, God says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And then come all the way to the New Testament and here, Simon Peter standing in Solomon's portico as he made this statement. For Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you will hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet, shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days today. You are sons of the prophets and the, of the covenant which God made to our fathers, saying to Abraham... And in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you 
in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. You see, you come to the New Testament and Simon Peter talking in, in Acts chapter 3 says that what was spoken of the one who was to come was Jesus himself. So we find that Samuel, as the first prophet, is a beautiful picture, a beautiful shadow of the prophet who was to come, the Lord Jesus himself. Now, there are very few times that we refer to Jesus as the prophet of the church, but that's exactly what is declared of him by Simon Peter himself, and even Moses writes that way back in that time that God was going to send that prophet that would lead them, and any who refuses him would be separated and annihilated. And about his priesthood, let me mention, Hebrews says in Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed from the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So we find Jesus, our prophet, our priest, and our king. He's our prophet in that he brought the word of God and he spoke to man concerning the will of God and the ways of God and the truth of God. He revealed who he was, why he came, what he was going to do, and then fulfilled everything <coughs> that had ever been prophesied about him as the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who was to come to pay the price for our sins, to be raised from the dead, to ascend to the right hand of the Father, and ultimately come back as king of kings and Lord of lords. Like Samuel as we look at this study today, we discover Jesus fulfilling all three of the defining functions of a prophet. I want to walk through them quickly, one at a time, but we find in the Lord Jesus, as it is told that God would give that prophet, and we go back to God giving the first prophet, as, or excuse me, yes, the first prophet being in Samuel, we see the likeness of the two and the fulfillment of the promises of God as we see this in Daniel and revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, one of the three defining functions of a prophet is he reveals God. He discloses who God is. He reveals the will of God. He reveals the way of God and he reveals what God requires of folks in order to be right with him. When Jesus was together with his disciples in that upper room experience the night before he was going to be crucified the next day, Jesus reminded them of this awesome truth when he said, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Jesus revealing the Father, revealing God. Listen to what he said. You would have, when you now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it will 
be sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works, according to John 14, 7 through 10. Jesus said, I'm revealing the Father to you. All through my ministry, I have revealed the Father. When I've done a good work, it's the Father doing the good work in me. When I speak the truth, it is the Father speaking the truth in me. For the Father and I are one, inseparably one. We're, we're inseparably one with all of our makeup and who we are, what we stand for, our will. We are the very same. And Jesus, the prophet for the church, reveals the Father. When you study the life of Jesus, his whole life is revealing the Father, revealing the plan of the Father, the will of the Father, the love of the Father, the grace of the Father, the forgiveness of the Father, and him being the Father of all who would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He fulfilled the call of a prophet in revealing the Father. The second thing we find that is true of a prophet, a, re, a, re, a requirement or defining truth about a prophet is he spoke the truth of the Father. Not only did he reveal the Father, but he spoke the truth of the Father. You go back and look at Samuel, the first prophet, who spoke the truth of the Father. He led Israel in such a way through his prophecies and, and leading them and even anointing the first two kings, Saul being a terrible disappointment, but God already had a plan and knowing that was going to take place. And Samuel, can you imagine the audacity of Samuel to go to the house of Jesse and find this little ruddy boy that's not hardly able to do anything except look over some sheep while his brothers, older brothers, were out doing other work and finally fighting the battle against the Philistines. And he goes to Jesse's house and he finds this little ruddy boy that was the last one that anybody would have thought would have been chosen to be the king. But he spoke the truth of the father he said, this man, this little boy will be raised up as king of Israel. And of course, you know that it came to fruition. It didn't happen overnight. He grew up, you remember, even as a kid, he stood with God even in, in taking the life of Goliath, uh, the giant that taunted the Israelites. And yet he knew who he was, what he'd been called to do, not only to reveal the Father, but to tell the truth of the Father, as, as uh, Samuel had done. And here we find that David grows and matures, gets in all kinds of battles, and, and even Saul wants to destroy him and doesn't want him to be the king. And he's through those battles, and God gives him victory after victory after victory. And finally, Saul 
takes his own life with his own sword as the Philistines are moving in on him, and all of his family has been killed except one son, as we mentioned a few minutes ago, Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth, you remember David later, honors him in the name of Saul and gives him all that belonged to his father. And that is another sermon all in itself. But as we look at that today, we find out that Jesus spoke the truth of the Father. He left no doubt that he was the true prophet from God when he declared in John 12, 49, for I have not spoken on my own authority. Boy, that'll get your attention. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say, what I should speak. My gracious, does that not speak of a prophet? Jesus, the prophet of the church, says, I not only reveal the Father, but I speak the truth of the Father. What you hear me say is not something that I've thought of. It's not something I've made up. But what you hear me say, I'm speaking what the Father has instructed me to say, and I reveal the truth of the Father to you, the prophet, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the third requirement of a prophet is he foretold the future. And he foretold the future with absolute authority. No one could question Samuel. When Samuel said what he said, they knew it was come to fruition. When Samuel opened his mouth, when they thought about who he was, how he was born, how he was brought to the temple and raised there by Eli the priest and his mother Hannah wept over him but only came once a year to visit him and brought him a coat that she had made for him. Can you imagine what they thought about Samuel when God anointed him as the not only a judge that he was, but then he became Israel's first prophet. He foretold the truth with absolute accuracy. So did the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that. On his own death and resurrection, he spoke the truth in advance. Listen to the words as Matthew records them in chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. Now while they were staying in Galilee... Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and the third day he will be raised up, and they were exceedingly sorrowful. You know what? I think they just missed that last part, don't you? I just think, matter of fact, they didn't even pay any attention to what Jesus said because you remember they were scared to death hiding away, didn't even believe the women when they came and told them that the grave, the, the, the tomb was empty, that Jesus was alive, that he had been resurrected from the dead. They even doubted that at that moment. And finally, Thomas said, even though 
they said they had, they had realized that he was resurrected. Thomas says, until I touch him and I behold him with my eyes, I'll not believe. And of course, Jesus showed up for Thomas to benefit too. They didn't even listen to what he had to say. All they did was mourn and fearful for themselves because he said, I must die. But he went on and spoke a bold truth before it ever took place. Jesus said, I will die. I'm about to be betrayed and they will kill me. And the third day will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. But then you come to Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 19. You hear Jesus tell the truth with a bold accuracy. It says, now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and delivered him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and the third day he will rise again. Jesus not only spoke it once, but several times. But these two times I read, he tells with accuracy, with a boldness, with authority that he's going to be arrested, he's going to be crucified, he's going to be buried, and he's going to be raised from the dead. And we find that true as Jesus, our prophet. Also, Judas' betrayal and Peter's denial, Jesus prophesied about. He told about that in John 13 and 18, 30, at 18 through 38, he, he told about the fact that there's going to be one who's going to betray him. And they were all sitting around and wonder who it was. And you remember what happened? Judas got up and ran out and, uh, and, and went his way to, to do that that he was going to do. He told about Peter that he was going to deny him. And that very night, when Peter said, I'll never deny you. I'll never. No, no, that's not going to happen. And, and, and Peter always let his mouth outrun his brain anyway. But he just, just did not even catch on that Jesus spoke with absolute authority. That what he spoke was truth without error. What he said was going to happen would happen exactly the way he said it was going to happen. Why? He is the prophet of God. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he speaks truth, even of Peter's denial. He also spoke of something that had never been heard of ever before. He told of the coming of the Holy Spirit. He told about the gift of the Holy Spirit coming, that he would be the holy comforter, that he would reside in the life of every believer. And he foretold that, and it came to happen on the day of Pentecost. you remember that? And they were in that upper room experience, and, and there's preaching going on, or they'd been in the upper room, and there's preaching going on, and, and, and all of a sudden, the whole place was filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And Peter begins to preach that day and tell the truth. 
as God had called him to do that, the promise coming of the Holy Spirit, and then the promised rapture of the believers. <laughs> That's us. The promised rapture of the church. We live in a day when the church sort of gives a, a tilt of the hat, nod of the head to the rapture of the church. We don't live like, act like, and I don't really know that we understand the authority of the prophet of the church when he spoke the word that he will come and take his own out of this world. Let me tell you what, it is undeniably the truth. Why? Because Jesus spoke it. And he is accurate in everything that he says and every prophecy that he ever foretold, he told this one that he is coming again. He told this to his disciples when they were, I've quoted this uh, many times in, in my ministry, where they're in that, uh, that room with Jesus, and they're troubled, they're perplexed, they're worried, they don't know what they're going to do. They've left successful businesses, they've, they've left families, they've followed him thinking that they're going to have an earthly kingdom. You remember two of them, their mother came to Jesus and said, hey, when you get into your kingdom here in Jerusalem, would you let one of my sons sit on your left side and one of them sit on your right side? In other words, I want them to have a place of authority. I want them to be recognized. And Jesus, of course, kept telling them, my kingdom is not of this world. But he told them, I'm coming again. In that 14th chapter of John, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house of many mansions. If it were not, did you hear that? In my Father's house are many mansions, or some translations say many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Undeniable fact, truth told by the Lord Jesus Christ. If I go away, I will come again to receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. The prophet of the church said, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be turned over to the Gentiles for a scourging and embarrassment in front of the whole area to see and all the people to see. I'm going to put on, be put on a cross and crucified, but on the third day I will rise again and come back. And then he said to them also, but I'm coming again. And I'm going to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. When Jesus said it, folks, it's not a maybe so, it's a reality. The prophet of the church has spoken, and our prophet said, I'm coming again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. 
I'm so thankful for the truth of our prophet. I'm so thankful of the words that he has spoken. I, I'm so thankful for all that he did in his coming and the price that he paid. And he's not only our prophet, he's our priest, our great high priest that we can come before and we can have an audience with him. We can have prayer time with him. We can worship him. He is in our presence today through the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for the risen Lord today, but I'm thankful for the truth that he's indeed coming again. John chapter 1, verse 14, the Word says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The greatest of all the prophets is the Lord Jesus himself who came and dwelt among mankind. God the Son himself came to purchase our redemption. Everything he said is true without, without error. Everything his, he's promised will become fact will become reality. You can trust him. And today, though we live in difficult times, though today we live in wicked times, evil times, though today we live in a time when the preaching of the gospel is not popular, when the teaching that Jesus is the prophet of the church, when we teach that Jesus is the Son of God, when we preach and teach that he did die on the cross for our sins and that he rose again and he lives today when we teach that he is the only way to the Father, when we preach the truth that he is the Son of God who invites men and women to come by faith to him and receive forgiveness and inherit everlasting life is not received very well from the unbelievers. Not from the unbelievers, but for the believers. It is like the balm of Gilead to our spirits. It is like the hope of all hope. It is. It is like the assurance that we so desperately need in the world in which we live. Let me tell you, you find Jesus presented throughout the entire Old Testament time and time again. And when you see this first prophet, Samuel, who made a great entrance, God used him in a powerful way. And you read what Moses said about God going to send that prophet one day. And you read what is said in the New Testament about him being that prophet, the one that was spoken of. Then we have the assurance of what he said to us is being truth. We can rely on it. We can trust him in all things, all days, and all times. Let me ask you something. 
Have you ever come to the saving knowledge of the prophet and the priest of the church? Have you ever come to know him as Lord and Savior? Have you ever come to trust in his words that he spoke it, spoke them, and they are truth without error, and you can trust him? Have you ever come to the place where you put your faith? I'm not talking about you gave some mental ascent. I'm not talking about you prayed some little prayer that a preacher led you through. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a very valuable part of coming to faith in Christ. But I'm not talking about having gone through the motions. I'm asking you, have you believed on the prophet of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you believed on the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you believed in his coming again? Have you trusted in what he's finished for you as the Lord and Savior, the prophet, priest, and king of the church? If not, I wouldn't waste another day of life without it. I would not wait another moment without him. I would come to know him and trust him as Lord and Savior. Would you do that this morning? If you're in your home watching this service today, let me encourage you right now to just bow your heads and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and tell him you believe on him, you trust him, as Lord and Savior, and you want him to come into your life and give you everlasting life. Would you do that? If you do, I'd love to talk with you. You can call me tomorrow morning at 272-2412, and I'd love to pray with you and talk with you further. For those in the room, have you given your life to Jesus? Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for the truth of your word. Lord Jesus said, the prophets spoke of him, the scriptures speak of him. And so many times in his earthly ministry, he would refer back to the things that those folks that were listening to him had never thought of would pertain to him. We're speaking of the one who was to come. And when we read those things, we realize that Jesus is presented God's plan for mankind, God's plan of salvation and redemption is revealed throughout the scriptures. Lord, as we study your word, may it come alive in us. May it grow our faith. May it give us security in our faith and our walk. Lord, may we learn to trust you in everyday life. Lord, thank you for being our prophet, our priest, and our king and Lord and Savior. We pray these things in your name.